Coming up on today's WAC podcast, basketball is back. We have a look at a lot of new head coaches and new teams here in the WAC. Plus, there's a D1 scoring record and a play that made SportsCenter top 10. You won't want to miss that. That's all ahead on the WAC podcast. Today's episode of the WAC podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil. Welcome everybody back to the WAC podcast. We all hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Rachel Vigil and Eric Danner both chilling at home today, staying safe during this COVID time. Eric, how was your Thanksgiving? Had a great Thanksgiving, Rachel. Thanks for asking. Uh, you know, it was great uh, to have the holiday, but also great, uh, you know, to have basketball back. And we had that on Wednesday. So that was almost as good as Thanksgiving on Thursday. And actually, we wound up having a, uh, a game or two on uh, Thanksgiving Day itself. Yeah, we did. Lots of basketball this weekend. To be completely honest, Eric, more than I thought, which is always a good thing. That was the thing going into the week. I mean, we had some games that went on as, as normally scheduled. We had some games that were postponed and then later played. We had some games that were canceled. Uh, and then we had some games that popped up out of nowhere. So we had kind of the, the entire uh, gamut of things that, that happened this past week, especially in men's basketball. Yes, definitely. So changes all over the board. Stick around for Twitter because that's where I feel like you tend to see the most updates all season for sure. But uh, we have a men's basketball player of the week in Riley Grisby from Seattle U Men's Basketball. Averaged 18.3 points per game. Yeah, and then Riley and Seattle U off to a great start this year already. 3-0. As we're recording this, Rachel, it's on Monday and they have another game today. So they're playing CSUN, uh, Cal State Northridge uh, to, to the old timers like myself. And they have a chance to go for now. They beat Air Force on Sunday, and, and uh, Riley Grigsby had a really great game when they played at Portland. So they've already had a couple of big wins. Seattle U is one of those teams we weren't real sure what they were going to look like coming into the season. We knew Riley was coming back, and Aaron Nettles was coming back. But Seattle U uh, is the big story right now in terms of 3-0 to start the season. Some teams haven't even had a chance to play yet, and they're going to have four games in the, in the books by the time – Dixie even gets a game underway. Yeah, Seattle beat Air Force by 18 in Las Vegas. And then, yeah, Riley Grisby had 28 points against Portland there, too. So they will also play at UCLA on Thursday. Yeah, big game. It, it was such a huge shocker for me for them to come out and be 3-0. Yeah, and, and we'll see. You know, they get to play a power school, a power five school in UCLA on Thursday. But already having played four games, and we'll get to it in, in a little bit here, we're going to see how some of those teams that have a lot of experience or a lot of games under their belt seems to be an advantage to, as opposed to a team uh, making their debut, as we saw with New Mexico State, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah, but another team that came out, we weren't exactly sure what they were going to look like this season was Grand Canyon. They come out 2-0, they beat Grambling and then Benedictine Mesa. You know, it was one team with a new head coach, weren't exactly sure what we were going to see once they got on the court. Yeah, the interesting thing with Grand Canyon they play those two home games. They're playing seven home games in a row. So whereas some teams are having, you know, like New Mexico State, again, having trouble, you know, they can't even play at home. They can't even practice in their own state. Grand Canyon gets the benefit of, you know, playing seven games at home. They did have to change out opponents on uh, Friday between uh, Benedictine Mesa and Park uh, Gilbert was the original opponent, but didn't seem to matter. And uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch those games yet, uh, Rach, but uh, Esbjorn Midgard 
the guy's a real deal. He is a he is a presence down low, seven foot. He's strong. He had four dunks in that game against Benedictine Mesa. He was ten to twelve from the floor, and he is a force down low. And you figure once the other players uh, start figuring out uh, or become more comfortable playing with him, and know that they can go to him down low for a bucket, and uh, the uh, guys on the outside getting the three pointers, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with this year. Seven home games to start the season. I want to know how head coach Bryce Drew is able to put that one together because that's no joke right there to get seven of them. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a good location. I mean, Phoenix right now, and I think that's part of the reason that New Mexico State moved there to practice is that they're able to, to you know, travel in and out fairly easy, a major city. Uh, you know, the weather is going to be good and that, that kind of thing. And, and you also have other schools around. So if you play Grand Canyon, maybe you get a chance to play Arizona State or Arizona or that's not too far away. So they're in a, in a great spot there. And, you know, so far, so good for Bryce Drew. I also love how they did all of the cutouts of a bunch of celebrities, <laughs> a bunch of student athletes, like so many different people that they actually made the arena look full. They did. And of any arena that I've seen in college basketball, they, I, I had to do double takes because I'm like, wait a second, did they actually <laughs> <Me too>. have <laughs> fans? Me too. Yeah. I, I, that one's definitely one when I was watching both the women's game and the men's games. I was like, holy crap, it looks like it's a full arena. I was like, are there no COVID like uh, policies going on? But of course, just cut out. So they did an excellent job over there and or at Grand Canyon. But another team that we really had no idea anything about was going to be Tarleton's men's basketball, obviously a new member here to the conference. Well, in their D1 opener, they scored 103 points versus Dallas Christian. Right, and Billy Gillespie, their head coach, he's no stranger to Division One, and we didn't know what they're going to look like. We we hadn't seen them with Billy Gillespie coaching. We hadn't seen Tarleton at all in the, in the whack. 103 points against Dallas Christian, and then they were hoping to play Howard Payne. That game was uh, postponed, I believe. They're going to try to play that again, but uh, Tarleton, very up and down, a lot of slam dunks, those kind of things. They look to be a very exciting team to watch this year. And they'll play at Texas A&M, where Billy Gillespie used to be the head coach. On That'll be on Wednesday, and then Abilene Christian on Saturday. Now, Eric, UTRGV, they lost to number 19, Texas. They shot three of tw- or four of 21 from the three-point line against Texas. You can't win a basketball game if you're only shooting those numbers. And I had a chance to see some of that game. That was on the Longhorn Network, and Texas is ranked number 19 in the country, and they look like one of the best teams. I, I had a chance to watch – some college basketball this weekend. And again, it's it's so different now because you, you see a lot of upsets happening early. But uh, Texas definitely looks like one of the best teams in the country. I mean, they have all kinds of talent. Shaka Smart is their head coach. And I would not be surprised if this is the kind of a team that you're going to see in the top 10. And it was just UTRGV got out of the gate slow and you just can't make that up against a team like Texas. Mm-hmm. It's definitely tough. And Javon Levi obviously known for his defensive mind too, but I believe only two points he was able to score in that match too. Yeah, the the good news there though is that they turned around and played UTSA over the weekend and were able to kind of put that Texas game behind them. And Sean Ray had a tremendous game there. He scores 20 points. And again, this was something we were talking to Coach Lou Hill about and Jonah Goldberg, who's going to replace, you know, Leslie Varner and Jordan Jackson. And at least early on, Sean Ray, boy, he, he played a great game against UTSA. 
Yeah, like you mentioned, 20 points there coming from him. And uh, UTRGV will host Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and Our Lady of the Lakes. And both of those games will be on the WDN this week. Uh, Utah Valley going one and one, a game I was excited to see was them going up against Stanford. That game, unfortunately, got canceled. But they did play Adam State on Thanksgiving, like you mentioned, Eric. One, we had one of those Thanksgiving games. And Jameis Overton had a 360 dunk, which was on SportsCenter Top 10. He did. And that was a game... I mean, it only came about like the day before, obviously, because they were supposed to play Stanford on Wednesday. I think that game got canceled Tuesday. Then Adam State, they find it is was playing, I believe, Weber State. They're playing in the state of Utah, and going on the way back to Colorado, they figured, well, we can have them come in play Thursday. They played Thursday morning uh, at the Utah Valley there. Yeah, but yeah, Jameis Overton, tremendous 360 dunk, and then they wound up playing BYU. After that, of course, that's a huge rivalry game for Utah Valley. The two schools are only five miles apart and so much symmetry between the two. Of course, Mark Pope was the head coach at Utah Valley before Mark Madsen, and now he's at BYU. And, and I was watching some of that game, Rach, and there were so many familiar names uh, at BYU. Brandon Averett starting for the Cougars this year, Richard Hay Harward and Wyatt Lowell both coming off the bench. Both All three of those guys played at Utah Valley, and then the, the the Wolverines uh, really gave him a game. Uh, BYU kind of pulled away again, but uh, Trey Woodbury is a guy. He he was one of the few returners, and Jameis Overton. I think maybe the only two returners from last year's team, and those two guys really stepped up and scored over 20 points against BYU. And Woodbury, uh, we're going to see on our whack top play section as well. Uh, Jameis, his 360 dunk is one of our whack top play nominees, one of the top two. But uh, Trey Woodbury had a couple of nice dunks against BYU. So they will be in a, a very exciting team to watch as maybe more impressed with in the loss than it was in the win against Adam State. Who are you taking for a whack top play this week, Eric? You know, um, a lot of it sometimes has to do with the camera angles and the, the play by uh, uh, Gabe McLaughlin from uh, Grand Canyon. Uh, Follow-up dunk, very impressive, but you have four or five angles on it. And uh, sure. the, the 360 dunks, kind of just the one angle, the wide angle. So uh, just knowing that the GCU folks tend to uh, come out and vote a little bit more maybe than the, some of the other schools, that would be my, my guess for the uh, top play this week. Lopes fans sure do rally around their men's basketball teams and women's too. They are, they're true supporters right there. But one team we did not get to see that is a newbie in the WAC is Dixie State. They were not able to play this week. They had a game against Weber State, and that was canceled. But they are supposed to host North Dakota on Wednesday. We, we will cross our fingers there. Now, North Dakota did have a game canceled uh, against Chicago State women's-wise. Uh, so, uh, again, with travel restrictions and if you have to quarantine or not, those kind of things come into play as well as, well as if you might have a player test positive or come in contact with somebody who tested positive. So hopefully uh, we will get to see the Trailblazers uh, play their Division One opener this week. New Mexico State, you mentioned them a little <laughs> bit earlier, Eric. You know, it was one of those things where they were supposed to be playing on Friday and then it got postponed to Sunday night because they didn't have all the test results back. And I have to actually give major props to both of the universities for being flexible and thinking that that safety is obviously first, making sure that they got everything in. But uh, it was a close one against Benedictine, or um, excuse me, against Arizona Christian. Yeah, and Arizona Christian, very impressive. I mean, they're in NAI, but they're ranked in the top 10 in NAI. And they've already played six games. So 
I mean, obviously, you know, New Mexico State's the heavy favorite there. They're Division One. They've been to the NCAA tournament how many times? They've won the WAC how many times? And they picked to win the WAC again this year. But Arizona Christian was a, a, a very good opponent and really put a scare into the Aggies. They were leading with less than a minute to go. The, the final wound up being 83-77. And uh, props to Johnny McCants. He made some really big plays down the stretch to help New Mexico State win. Donnie Tillman, also one of their new players, a transfer from UNLV, had some big plays in the second half to to win. And those are the kind of things you, you got you to have that win. I mean, if if it would have gone the other way, I mean, that really uh, starts you off on the wrong foot. But uh, they get the win, and now they, they move on to play uh, Benedictine Mesa, another NAI school. That'll be on Tuesday. Right now, as, as we speak, Rachel, doesn't look like we're going to be able to get a live stream of that game, unfortunately. But, you know, they're kind of on the, uh, on the fly here making a schedule. We talked to James Miller last week, associate head coach, and they're, they're kind of scrambling just trying to get games where they can, when they can. And, you know, in a normal situation, New Mexico State's never going to play a road game at Arizona Christian. That's just not going to happen. But they did. And, and to the uh, Firebirds' credit, they gave them a heck of a game. And, and I think uh, Chris Jans, after the game, said it was a lot of teaching moments uh, from what they learned uh, on Sunday night. It just shows that you can have a lot of talent, and obviously the New Mexico State squad does, but you still need that time on the court together to practice, to get to know movements and everything else, and that's really needed, and I think a lot of people kind of doubt that sometimes. You know, I think if you look at Twitter, a lot of people thought they were going to go in and they were just going to absolutely dominate the scoreboard, but they were only getting a week of practice together. You can't put on an entire season into a week of practice. So um, probably good learning moments, I would say, for a lot of things. I'm sure it'll be fun to watch the film over there with the Aggies. But yeah, they still got the win, and that's really all that matters. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to be in the film room, to be honest with you. <laughs> it could be, could be pretty rough uh, on some of it. But uh, yeah, definitely good to see them uh, pull together there. And, and Benedictine Mesa, they'll have some, uh, some idea about it as they just played Grand Canyon. So uh We'll get a little apples to apples uh, comparison here next week. There you go. And California Baptist might have been the most impressive team on opening night. They took on USC and they actually took the Trojans into overtime. Yeah, it could have won the game. Uh, unfortunately, the ball didn't go the right way there for CBU, but what an impressive performance. Obviously, USC in the Pac 12, and they, they have a couple players who are NBA prospects on their team. CBU, five new starters weren't real sure what we're going to have there, but they have uh, some really good players. And Ty Rowell, who you talked to on the basketball preview day, I believe he missed uh, all or most of last season, if I recall correctly. And he had 32 points, including nine three-pointers. And one of them, I mean, he, he was, he, he almost had his foot on the logo in the, at the midcourt. Or you know, he was very impressive. And CBU looks to be a team to be reckoned with. That's based on on the one game, but it's so hard with these different opponents. I mean, you go from NAIA to you know Power Five schools. How good are our schools against them? But to almost win on the road at USC for CBU, uh, even though I'm sure Rick Croy wishes uh, that they got the result. I think they they put everybody on notice. They're going to be good this year. 
95 to 87 was that final score there. The Lancers hit 23 pointers, which is just absolutely outrageous there. And um, they will take on SE Louisiana twice this week on Wednesday and Friday night. And then Chicago State was another huge storyline on the weekend. One, unfortunately, that made me a little sad when I saw it. It's that their head coach, Lance Irvin, was not going to be coaching this year. We had him on the podcast, I think, three weeks, two weeks ago now. Yeah, two or three Um, weeks ago. And so he's at that time said that he was good to go, but obviously safety comes first and coach had previously had cancer and um, had battled that. And now it apparently is just not, not the best time for his health. So he will be taking a step back there, but yeah, Eric, they were supposed to take on IUP. I'll let you say it actually. Cause you Pooey, can, Pooey. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, I always seem to mess that one, <laughs> that one up. Um, but then they got to go into a classic at Illinois. They took on Illinois, um, unfortunately lost. And then, yeah, just that big story that head coach Lance Irvin was going to be out. Yeah, and talk about a uh, big change I mean, from getting ready to play Uwe Pui to all of a sudden be playing Illinois, the number eight ranked team in the country on their home floor. And that was also on Thanksgiving Day on the Big Ten Network. And Chicago State uh, goes 0-3 in the classic there, but uh, they get three games in as opposed to one. So, I mean, you trade that off. And you figure uh, you, get, you get some good experience there. But, yeah, uh, Lance Irvin, when we talked to him, I did ask him a question about being a cancer survivor. And he had uh, leukemia, uh, had to have a bone marrow transplant about 10 years ago. So I can understand where that would be of concern. You know, you have wife and kids and, and you want to, you know, live a long, healthy life. And, uh, you know, when, when you've had a battle like that, I'm sure that was in the back of his mind. So uh, hopefully uh, – uh, Coach Irvin can stay safe, and hopefully the uh, Chicago State Cougars can uh, can bounce back and and look to be. I mean, as we've talked about on the show here, Rach, I mean five returning starters. They do look to be an improved team from last year. It doesn't surprise me either that it kind of came down to the last minute when we heard that news, because I'm sure Coach Irvin tried to find every way that he could possibly still stay involved and still stay healthy, just knowing how passionate he is about that Cougar team. Yeah, that's for sure, and. Uh, They will be playing Eastern Illinois and then Northwestern this week. Uh, Northwestern, uh, of course, in Chicago. So uh, Chicago State, again, staying in state. So that's that's been kind of a a hallmark of all of our schools right now, staying in state with the exception of Seattle. They're actually in Las Vegas and they played uh, Portland, which isn't too far away as as the crow flies, but uh, is in a different state. But uh, it is... um, it's good to see basketball back, but but Rachel, it's, it seems a lot like schedule-wise like baseball right now mm-hmm. because you get a lot of rainouts and sometimes you'll schedule a game, you know, on a Tuesday that you didn't have at a time. I think that's what basketball feels like right now. We're going to see a lot of, uh, we, we talk about these games we're going to see this week. I, I, we, we can almost guarantee some of them aren't going to get played and, and there might be some games that get played that we aren't, aren't even talking about right now. That is so true. And yeah, when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking women's hoops too. There are plenty of storylines there as well. We'll be right back. We would like to thank our sponsors of the WAC podcast, Hercules Tires and Adidas. Now back to Eric and Rachel. Welcome back from the break. Rachel V. Hill, Eric Danner. We're chilling at our homes. And now it's time to talk some women's hoops, Eric. Lots of storylines still going on here with women's basketball. Yeah, a lot of storylines and a lot of teams at the beginning of the year got first place votes. I think five teams got first place votes out of nine. So we knew it was going to be kind of up in the air as to who might be the best teams in the league. But Utah Valley was picked to win the league by the coaches and they start off the season with a win and they get player of the week. 
They do have player of the week. Neha Sohail, first career double-double this weekend for her. Congratulations. Yeah, Utah Valley, though, I feel like they were one of those teams, too, where they didn't have a terribly great season last year, but also they had some upsets, and they come out and that they're able to go um, – or they defeated Southern Utah 58-47. to Yeah, and Sohail really played well in the second half, in the fourth quarter in particular, and she really – uh, you know, I was, I was watching some of the highlights of that game. She really took the team on her back in that fourth quarter and uh, propelled the, the Wolverines to victory because they were down much of the game against Southern Utah, even though the uh, final score did not indicate that. Yeah, 16 and 11 there, and they will play at Idaho State on Wednesday, and then they will host UNLV on Saturday. Another game I was really, really excited to see was the GCU women's basketball. It was one that I had no idea what I was going to see on the court, but I look forward to watching it on Friday. And it definitely did not disappoint. Coach um, Molly Miller did a great job, and she actually – they set a record in that match uh, for the most points scored in the D1 era over at GCU. Yeah, we weren't uh... – you know, we didn't know what uh, the team was going to look like. Brand new head coach, some new players, that type of thing. But uh, yeah, 93 points in a win over Weber State, and they really get up and down the floor. So uh, if that's any indication of what uh, the season is to be for, for everyone, you better be uh, uh, in good shape when you come into a GCU Arena to play the Lopes this year. Yeah, another thing that really caught me off guard but also really impressed me was that there were some fans in attendance for the mat or for the game and uh, coach and the entire team actually walked around and they waved at all the fans and they did claps and like you could just tell it was really a like solid envi environment um, for the fans and just like the support that that entire team needed. I thought that was really cool of them to do especially after a big win there and they'll host Loyola Marymount on a Saturday. Um, another team that had, I feel like I'm just saying, another team every single time because we have no idea, but Brittany <laughs> Thomas was back for CBU and the Lancers. She had missed last season due to an injury, and yeah, she scored in the first 15 seconds of the game, and she had a phenomenal first quarter there. Uh, she had nine points, went for four with four uh, rebounds, and then two blocks as well, so a phenomenal first quarter and game. Yeah, and California Baptist really set the tone early by going to Brittany Thomas first time down the floor and watching it, it looked like there was nothing wrong. It looked like it was just a continuation from two years ago. Same player, same same moves, you know, uh, tough to handle in the low post for any defender. And, and CBU uh, really, uh, you know, pounded uh, Fresno Pacific in that first game and then already played a second game at UC Irvine and picked up another win. So starting off the season 2-0 there, the other team that was picked first uh, by the media uh, as well as uh, Utah Valley being picked by the coaches. But uh, California Baptist, Ani Oleta, who you had on uh, Wack All Access a few weeks ago, didn't really do much in that first game, but didn't need to. She had six points against Fresno Pacific, but then against UC Irvine, she really turned it on, I believe led the team in scoring in that game. 17 points there, seven rebounds, five assists, and seven steals for Oleta. Seven steals. Georgia Dale, yeah a solid performance there. And Georgia Dale out with an injury. We most likely won't see her until the new year, Eric. Yeah, uh, we talked about some of the injuries with them, with Brittany Thomas missing most of the year, Caitlin Harper missing most of last year. She came off the bench, gave the uh, Lancers a real lift coming off the bench. But yeah, Georgia Dale, who was one of their key players last year, not on the floor. So it seems they can't avoid that injury bug uh, no matter what they do. But uh, they are very impressive and a team to watch in the WAC this year. 
They'll be taking on San Diego State on Wednesday and host UC Riverside and former WAC coach Nicole Powell on Saturday. That'll be a good matchup. Obviously, both head coaches already know each other. Yeah, and Riverside uh, and, and California Baptist, huge rivalry as we've seen the first couple of years uh, with their uh, play in the WAC. But yeah, Nicole Powell, uh, former GCU head coach now at UC Riverside. So yeah, those two coaches will know each other. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. Mm -hmm. And then New Mexico State, obviously in the same position as their men's team. They're not able to practice in the state of New Mexico. Well, they went one and one on the week, uh, lost at, or lost in OT at UTEP, excuse me, and then they beat Park Gilbert in Tucson. Uh, they played 14 players, though, showing some depth on that team. Yeah, very uh, interesting to, to watch them play uh, against UTEP. They, they did obviously went to overtime, uh, could have won that one, and, and I think they've maybe even been more limited than the men and the number of practices that they've had. Uh, as they were in Tucson practicing, you know, where the men were in, in Phoenix, but uh, they, they were able to travel to UTEP and play and then traveled back to Arizona and played another game against Park Gilbert. So got the win there, but uh, now they're, uh, for, at least for now, uh, don't have any games scheduled this week. No games, and another team that does not have a game is Dixie State. They had a game versus BYU that was canceled, and then they also have no games currently on the schedule for this week. Another newcomer in the WAC is Tarleton, and they went one and one on the week. They lost at North Texas, but they beat Howard Payne for their first win as a D1 school, Eric. Yeah, their women's team, uh, it, we, we talked about the men's game in the last segment and how impressive the men looked, and that they're up and down the floor. Their women's team also looked very impressive this weekend, uh, they were able to play Howard Payne where the men, that got canceled because of uh, some COVID concerns there. But uh, they're, they're a team uh, that's going to be interesting to watch as well. Uh, they host Bacone Wednesday, Lamar. Uh, they'll be down there on Saturday. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how the Texans uh, adjust to being in Division One. Chicago State had their game against North Dakota canceled, and then they lost to the Loyola Chicago. They were leading after the first quarter, and then, unfortunately, they ended up falling in that game. But I will say that they led in the first quarter in points and then also in the fourth quarter. So it's just kind of having to figure out that middle part of it, or middle two quarters, I guess I should say, because they were able to still put 22 points on the board in the fourth quarter. And that was something we've seen the past few years with Chicago State, uh, and they have a new head coach in Tiffany Sarden. And the, the big problem there the last few years especially has been depth. Uh, their starting unit, uh, sometimes they, they could, you know, be in a game for a half, and then the second half, not having as many reserves, they would really uh, run out of gas. But uh, Chicago State really put up a fight against Loyola Chicago that entire game and looked to have a lot more depth this year. So that's, that's good news for Cougars fans and Nadia Thorman McKee scoring 19 points in that one. Now they turn around three games this week. So they had the one game last week and now they play three as we, we're recording this on a Monday, they play at DePaul on Monday, they play at uh, Illinois, Chicago, and then at Oakland, which is in Michigan. Uh, so that'll be an interesting one as well. Uh, that'll be the first out of state one. So you always got to keep your fingers extra crossed on, on those out of state games, at least at this point. Yeah, any travel, you're definitely doing that. UTRGV, they lost to Texas Tech this past week, and then they've got three games this week as well at UTSA, and then they are home against Texas A&M Corpus Christi and at Texas Southern. Eric, what did you like from the Vicaros in that Texas Tech game? Well, it was similar to the men. I mean, uh, Texas Tech has a really good program, and it's hard to judge. That's a really tough opener, especially on the road at Texas Tech there. 
I, I would not be surprised if they did something similar, like the men were able to turn around and beat UTSA. Of course, they were playing at home, uh, the women playing on the road, but Elaine Lord, I'm sure, will have his team ready to go this week. And then that Texas A&M Corpus Christi, even though there's not fans there, uh, that's a doubleheader uh, with the men and the women uh, this this upcoming week. So, and that's, you know, one of their rivals. That's That's one of the schools that's closest to them. So I, I know they'll be pumped up for that game and also against Texas Southern. So I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, UTRGV win uh, all three or maybe two out of three in that one. And we'll be able to talk more uh, later in the week. Uh, we're going to have Brian Smith, UTRGV analyst, on our next episode of the WAC podcast, which we're doing a little bit different uh, the this week or maybe for a few weeks. We'll see how it goes here. But uh, where we do the Monday podcast and then we'll do a Wednesday podcast with a guest. Yes, and splitting it up, that way it's easy for people who want to get their basketball news, they're e- like easily able to access that, and then obviously have our guest on too, and they can just listen to that and learn a little bit new. I always learn something new there, so plenty to talk about still. You know, we always kind of joked around that with COVID, there wasn't a whole lot, and we always found ways to talk about it, and now there's basketball, and I feel like there is so much to be talking about. There, There is a lot to talk about, and then uh, the, the last team, uh, that we uh, we would talk Seattle. about here today, Seattle U. Uh, they played at home against Portland. Then they mm-hmm. they played at number ten ranked Oregon. And you talk about I, I was saying how Texas the men look like a top ten team. The Oregon women, Oof. <laughs> they 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 could be a Final Four team this year. That's just again a tough one uh, to play, especially uh, near the uh, top of the schedule there. And uh, but uh, the thing about Seattle U, uh, Mackenzie Williams really playing well. Uh, she scored. Uh, 20 points, averaging 20 points a game, uh, one of the top scorers in the WAC. And she she looks maybe uh, that she would be filling uh, some of the roles uh, left vacant by uh, Kamara Sanders. Yes, definitely. And uh, Seattle will host Utah State on Thursday and Portland on Sunday. And like you mentioned, Eric, we will be having Brian Smith on the podcast later on this week. Lots and lots of storylines to follow. And like you also mentioned, some of the games we talked about, we may not see happen, and some of them we may not even know are going to be happening. So make sure you stay tuned to all of the WAC social media accounts to stay up to date on everything that's going on. Yeah, very good point, Rachel. And uh, we want to also thank everyone for listening to the WAC podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.